guys, welcome to The Breakdown. My name is Mary. I'm the online campus pastor here at Hope Fellowship. And if it's your first time with us, we're so glad you're here. Uh, I'm here with my other hosts, the wonderful, the amazing wow. Brock and Josh, both pastors here at Hope. How are you guys doing? A lot better now that we got that sweet intro. Yeah, this, we, this is our second take on the I intro. Try. And the first one was like, <laughs> and some guys. So this felt so much better. Yeah, Thank I you Yeah, I really for that, wanted so. to include them. So here we are now. And last a couple of weeks, Brock's been out of town. Now, I know if you listened to the podcast last week, you did hear him, but he is back in town. And we're so happy he's here. Did you have a good like break? A it was a, break? it was a nice little break. Yeah, went to see some family, so it was a nice little time time Party away. On. So thank you. Where did you go? Went to Kansas. That's where all my Kansas. family's officially from from the Salina yeah. area of Kansas. Now I'm you know sure a not a lot of people know where that is, but Salina, Kansas. <laughs> Can you give us a snapshot of what the time looked like in Kansas? Because it's real fun to hear about. Yeah, it is fireworks exploding. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good summary right there. We did a lot of fireworks. There we Both, go. Uh, actual fireworks and metaphoric. Fireworks. No, I don't think there's an, any metaphoric fireworks. Oh, okay. so just just actual. A lot of a lot of blowing up things. Well, we're glad you're back. It's good to have the whole trio accounted for. So if it's your first time, the breakdown. What we do here is we take a bite-sized portion of the weekend teaching at Hope Fellowship, and we break it down. Very uh, self-explanatory there. Um, but we really hope that you walk away from this and you've learned something about God's word and just learning the the depth that is sometimes there in these verses and scriptures. So great helps us grow in our faith. And so we're going to um, unpack a verse today. It's really a few verses today, actually. Um, but if you are with us at any of our campuses, you probably heard different people because at all of our campuses, our campus pastors spoke, but we all spoke on chapters, huge chunk, seven, eight, nine, and 10. Yeah, it lot. was a doozy, y'all. It was definitely a doozy, but we all talked about Jesus as our high priest. And so what we, the verses that we have today, really going to unpack that a little bit more, but where are we going, Brock, with this specific passage? You know, it's funny. A lot of my role at Hope is sitting down and talking with people and just realizing that life is really tough right now. There's all kinds of things going on. And so sometimes it's just so easy to get overwhelmed with, you know, right now, financial stuff, family issues, different things. It's That's just everywhere so everywhere right yeah. now, more than ever. I and sometimes like. it's just, I think just people are so overwhelmed. It's like, do I give up? And this is why I love the book of Hebrews so much because it basically says, don't give up because Jesus is just way better than anything. And so today Mm -hmm. we're going to look at another reason why Jesus is so better. And so hopefully it can be a hope for all of us in the midst of all the troubling circumstances. Just, hey, there's there's hope. There's hope. There's a better way out there. So keep trusting in Jesus. And so hopefully this will be helpful for you. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to read from chapter 7. Mary said that uh, kind of the the... The span of passages was 7 through 10, but we found a passage, chapter 7, verses 15 through 19 that we're going to look at today. So let me read that, and then we'll, we'll dive right into it. So beginning in verse 15, this change has been made very clear since a different priest, who is like Melchizedek, has appeared. Jesus became a priest, not by meeting the physical requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi, but by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. And the psalmist pointed this out when he prophesied, you're a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Yes, the old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless. For the law never made anything perfect. But now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. Beautiful. I love it. This all, everything in Hebrews just like makes me giddy a little bit. Like I get kind of like, Bible knowledge excited there. So hopefully by the end of the series, I think you're going to like also feel that way, I think. But um, this uh, 
passage of scripture, maybe there are certain things in here where you're like, what is that? Any of that? Um, some of that is because this is written to an audience, Jewish believers. They believe in Jesus and they are Jewish. So there are things here in specifically this passage, but really in the book of Hebrews that that writer which we don't know who the writer is. We have some, you know, assumptions. You can kind of make some guesses, but we don't for sure know who the writer is. But we know that these Hebrew people, the Jewish people, these Jewish believers, they kind of understand some of this stuff that doesn't have to be explained to them because of who this audience is. Right. And so um, these specific people, um, the writer is encouraging them to not give up because they are facing difficult situations. Like, like Brock said, life is tough. They can definitely like stand by that and say, life is tough right now. They're facing persecution and suffering um, that many of us will just truly never understand the amount of uh, struggle that they're facing. And so this writer is coming alongside and saying, hey, like, don't give up. Like Brock said, Jesus is better. So this is like one really encouraging um, book and passage. But um, so, so that's where we're going today. But Something that's super important before we jump in, that's kind of the, and honestly, if you've been with us any of the weeks or come to any of the any of the services, you probably hear this over and over. So hopefully by the end of this, you're like, okay, I know who the audience is. I yeah. know what this book is about. Um, but something important specifically right now is the priesthood, which is probably foreign to a lot of people listening right now. Like, what is that? And so the priesthood was established the Levitical, specifically the Levitical priesthood, um, was established if you recognize the names Moses and Aaron. So like these are like big deal people in the Old Testament. These two were on Mount Sinai. Well, I guess Aaron wasn't on Mount Sinai. He was not. He was at the bottom of the mountain. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that situation where Moses goes up to Mount Sinai mm -hmm. with God, gets the Ten Commandments, all that. He also gets instruction on kind of how they're going to get access to God basically through this uh, system and this practice. And so Aaron was the one who was set aside, his lineage was set aside to be this priesthood, the Levitical priesthood. So he was kind of the first priest. And in our passage here today, there's this other priest that's mentioned. So we're going to talk a little bit about him. But Joshua, wh who is this guy? Yeah. Melchizedek. Yeah. So at first I thought it might be helpful to talk about how do you pronounce this guy's name? We were talking about this a little bit before. <laughs> And uh, even when I get to it, I kind of stumble over a little bit. But Brock, what, what do you think? How do you pronounce this guy's I've name? I've always pronounced it Melchizedek. And so if you want to get Melchiz. a little hip, you could call him Melchizy. Kizzy. Yeah, Melchizy. Melchiz or Mel. Or Mel. Mel. It doesn't. Melchizy. It's too personal. Yeah, Melchizy <laughs> sounds a little bit it, more hip. Is it Chmel? No, I don't know. This one, you, you, could, you could get glottal with a Melchizedek <laughs> if you wanted to. Sorry, someone might be driving down the road. Just <laughs> but what the heck? They said a goober on the uh, air there. Love it. So uh, in verse 15, uh, the, the author writes, this change has been made very clear since a different priest. So he's saying different than the Levitical priest Mary was just talking about, who's like Melchizedek has appeared. So uh, I thought it'd be really fun to just, take a second and and connect the dots a little bit between Melchizedek and what the author here is talking about with Jesus as our high priest. Uh, it's a really interesting passage for lots of different reasons. One being that the author of Hebrews is taking, I mean, real estate in the New Testament, and he's writing about this person who's only mentioned very, very briefly in the Old yeah. Testament. So there's three verses in Genesis chapter 14 and, and, a, and one verse in a Psalm, Psalm 110, uh, that tell us about this uh, this man, and yet something 
is so significant about him, even even though his his uh, his appearance was so brief, that that the author of Hebrews is bringing him back up again. So uh, one uh, of those significances is, is the fact that he's not of the Aaronic lineage. He's not a Levite, so he didn't. Mm-hmm. He's he's not. A, he's a priest, but he's not a priest that came through. Uh, that order of because of in, Aaron. in Aaron's it's like you were born into it, yep. like you yeah. couldn't get into this lineage. And so here's Melchizedek, yeah, Melchizedek. and he wasn't born into. He's before that, and right. off, and he wasn't of that descendant. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. you you know this occurred to me. Maybe this is neat to our listeners. I don't know if if everyone knows this, but Moses and Aaron were brothers. So like you said, they were they're they're both born in, into that lineage, right? Uh, and so, mm-hmm. uh, but but Melchizedek is not of the Aaronic lineage. Um, something cool about Hebrew. Uh, I don't know if you ever studied Hebrew. I took a couple of semesters of it in uh, seminary, but man, it's a rich, robust language where, like, uh, just someone's name can be broken down and have all these different meanings. And so, just just uh, Melchizedek's name translates uh, "my king is just" or "my king is righteous." Uh, Genesis fourteen, that that little passage there, also tells us that he's the king of a place called Salem. And that word Salem means peace. Uh, it says that he's a priest of the God of, of God Most High, so Yahweh. And so, just really quickly, this introduction mm-hmm. to this guy, he he's a righteous priest king who we uh, see him coming across Father Abraham. Mm. Right? We've talked about uh, Abraham in here before. Did, did he have some sons, Father Abraham? A few. Are you one sons? of them? <laughs> I don't know. I, I put my foot in it. Sh- oh, that's the hokey pokey. <laughs> I got my song, my children's yeah. songs. Just don't shake it. All yeah, about yeah. Okay, good. All right. Just Sorry don't about shake that. it all about. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, and so, if you can just envision um, this, this God, this King of Righteousness, King of Peace, uh, this Priest of God Most High, we have this interaction with uh, Abraham, and so now uh, Melchizedek is is kind of in essence, this really fitting prefigure of, of Christ being the high priest uh, as we see him go before God on Abraham's behalf, blessing both Abraham and God. Yeah, so it's like there's this big foreshadowing going on with Melchizedek. Yeah. Like here's this peace, king, God, righteousness, all this stuff. Yeah. It's like a little foreshadowing, like here's this king that's coming uh-huh. your way. Yep. And yet it's just so brief. It's just hardly even mm-hmm. these three verses in Genesis talks about him and then the Psalm and that's it, then Hebrews. Yeah. And so yet it's a, a fitting foreshadowing of, who Jesus really was as king. Right. Yeah. And and we don't know uh this necessarily. Um, but maybe there maybe maybe Melchizedek was a part of like Hebrew oral tradition. Um, but something about this guy when like, when the writer of Hebrews writes about him, people are gonna go, Oh, I know this guy, and there's something significant about this guy. So yeah. then in Hebrews six, uh, verse 19, the author brings up Melchizedek for the first time. This is what he says. He says, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. And he's talking about Jesus as the high priest. And he goes on to say, We have a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of, here it is, Melchizedek. Melchizedek. Mizzy Dizzy. Yes. <laughs> right? And so then the Hebrews would, would probably read that, hear that, and go, well, how can Jesus be our sure and steadfast anchor of the soul if he's not of of the of the ironic of uh, lineage, lineage yeah. of his order? And so, and that's partly being answered here. It's partly because he's our high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Which so wouldn't be is, a, like a big deal. I feel like we hear that like now and we would be like, so what? You know, but to them, huge. like that was huge. Yeah, everything. And, and the funny thing is that the reason I love Hebrews so much is because if you don't know a lot about the Old Testament, you can read Hebrews and learn a lot about the Old yeah. Testament. So I'm yeah. like, this is my introduction to the Old Testament by reading Hebrews. 
And the author of this is helping us understand that here's all these beautiful things. And so it was a beautiful piece for them to have the priesthood. And he's coming along and saying, hey, some of you are being persecuted and you're thinking about giving up and going back to those things in your Jewish tradition. Yeah. But I want to remind you that Jesus comes along and he's better. Yeah. He's greater than. So mm-hmm. don't give up. So why would you go back to old things that aren't as good as what are here? And here is yeah. this priest that's not just of Aaron's descendants, but he's from this Mel- Melchizedek guy yeah. and this mm-hmm. all these things that we just read about in Genesis. And it's a better priesthood than what, anything you've ever understood. So why would wow. you leave this better priesthood yeah. and go back? Even though you're facing persecution, what you found in Jesus, it's worth holding out. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's pretty cool. It, it's almost like by mentioning Melchizedek, the author in one fell swoop is going, Jesus is the better Moses. He's the better Aaron. He's the better law. Like in that Everything sense, throughout Hebrews is saying, yeah, all that. Saying, yeah. Why would you go back? So it's powerful. It's a pa- powerful little statement here. So then we get back to verse 16, and now we have a little bit more of an understanding when the author says that Jesus became a priest, not by meeting the physical requirement of belonging to the tribe of Levi, but by the power of a life that cannot be destroyed. Yeah, and so by his life, and the way he lived, and the way he empathized, and the way he understood that that's how he became that priest. It yeah. wasn't because he was born into it. And so this yeah. is a better priesthood. He he didn't just get it because he was born. He got it because of all these wonderful things. So better priesthood again. Yeah, holy. He, like Jesus was perfect in every way. So he never made those mistakes that we all often make. And, and priests in that day made. Priests were sacrificing for their sins and the sins of the people. And mm-hmm. so Jesus lived this perfect life. It's amazing. Yeah. And one of the things that is really interesting to me is as I read this passage and you think about the priesthood and the priest was kind of the one that would go in and do the sacrifices and have access to God and get into the Holy of Holies. And as you read through this, especially if you get to like this whole section, if you read kind of five through seven, it's really in Hebrews chapters five through seven, it's really about the priesthood. Um, And so, but there's also this idea because of Jesus, there's this idea of access Mm-hmm. And so in, in chapter 4, verse 16, it says this, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Mm-hmm. There we will receive his mercy, favor we don't deserve, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Mm-hmm. So you're being persecuted. You didn't have access. Now because of Jesus, the great high priest in the order of our boy Melchizedek, mm-hmm. now you can go and have access to the very presence of God. And so before, had to stand outside, and now... Yeah. You get to be in the presence of the creator of the universe, mm. yeah. the one who put the heavens in place, the one who has the power to do anything to raise anyone from the dead. Now you have access and get to be with him, whereas before you just stood on the outside. Yeah. So Jesus is better. He's made a better way because now we have access to the very creator, to God himself, where before we stood on the outside. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty wild. So, And the other thing that I like about this is think about a priest if you're born from Aaron. What happens when you get to be, you know, uh, old, you kind of get sick, you might yeah. die. And so therefore it kind of ends. But with Jesus, it's saying, here's a priest that will never die. It's forever. It's eternal. Yeah. So that priesthood might just be a little bit, but here's a priest that forever yeah. can grant you access and forever can grant you uh, in the presence yeah, of God. I and think so it's amazing it's forever. just to think about how these priests of that day and the priests that all came after all the way up until Jesus' time were, they just were not they didn't meet the standard like they never did. And I think that that's something that's just so relatable for us and something to to just think about is like, wow, we, we really just can't get it right, can we? <laughs> like, like that's how, that's what's happening in the system is the system's like being put in place, this 
way in which we can be forgiven of our sins. And we kept sinning, like things kept happening and sacrifices kept having to be made over and over and over. And the priest died and then they another one came. And like, it was just this constant, like, tiring like system that was in place so that we could we didn't have access to god but we could be forgiven but in this new way we have access to mm-hmm. it's amazing yeah and, and could com- be completely forgiven completely and the other thing that i like about this the hebrews he, he keeps dropping these little bombs throughout this section mm-hmm. and in, ch- in chapter 4 verse 15 he says this high priest of ours understands our weaknesses for he faced all mm-hmm. the same testings we do, yet he did not sin that indestructible yeah. life we read about earlier. Yeah. And not only do we have this priest that can kind of do these things to get us in the presence of God, but he understands, he empathizes, he's right there with us. Yeah. And so we have a compassionate, kind, powerful high priest that we have access to. This is so much better than Aaron's line. Not Again, these people were doing a good job, but mm-hmm. this is Jesus. This is God we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So now we have access, we have understanding, and it's just such a beautiful thing. And so why would you go back? Yeah, a yeah. few weeks ago, you... Uh, you were sharing with us like your journey with learning about empathy and things like that, yeah. which it's so powerful in our relationships with other people, you know, and sharing the love of God with other people. Uh, how incredible is it that we serve a God, we worship a God who can, who can literally empathize with us in the suffering that, that we experience. Mm-hmm. That's pretty phenomenal. And, and something that no other high priest could ever have yeah. done. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. So verse 18 and 19 is kind of drawing drawing to, to a close here where it's kind of wrapping all of this up. And yes, that old requirement about the priesthood was set aside because it was weak and useless for the law never made anything perfect. But now we have confidence in a better hope through which we draw near to God. That's so amazing. And, and, and also another bomb that the author yeah. drops in here is in, in chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. He talks about Jesus being a trustworthy anchor for our souls. Mm-hmm. And so I often think about an anchor. If you know anything about anchors, there's these big heavy things you throw at the bottom of the ocean. The boat still might wave around up on the water, yeah, but the anchor remains secure. And so as we go through these difficult seasons, these we might waver a little bit, mm-hmm. but our anchor is secure and steadfast. Yeah. And we can trust in that, that no matter if we waver, that anchor still holds true in the very presence so of God. Good. And so Jesus is our anchor that holds us even if we oh man, I'm being persecuted. Oh, I'm going through these difficult times. I don't know what to think, but Jesus remains secure and we can hold on to that mm-hmm. anchor and know that we're not losing that access, that presence, that graciousness yeah. of God. It's a very, so very powerful imagery. So kind of kind of within all of that, uh, that you just shared, it, it's kind of what leads me to a bit of a befuddlement with all of this. Okay. Because there's a couple of different things here. Um, and I think, I think they're tied together. But uh, when we talk about even just, uh, I mean, what, like, like 20 minutes or so we've talked about like what a big significant deal this is that Jesus is our high priest, all that has gone into it. Like, uh, you know, what Jesus did and what he still continues to do for us to have the the opportunity to be able to freely draw near to God. And yet um, it just even personally, or maybe it can even like appear this way with others. It just feels um, so uh, irreverent so often it feels Mm. Uh, it feels like not just that we don't fully comprehend that, but almost like we just don't really like care. Yeah, you know? we like kind of take it for granted. Kind of like the Bible, like when we talk about like the Bible, like how much it took, like that we have access to the Bible, but like it sits on our phones and it's, I feel like it's kind of a similar thing. Yeah. It's like we kind of take that for granted because it's so easily accessed. Yeah, and so I wonder if we're being tossed around 
And we're like, whoa, I thought Jesus was supposed to be my anchor. Why is this so turbulent? Why is there so much turmoil? And I wonder if, well, maybe it's uh, because you're not actually tethered to him as your anchor still. You know what I mean? Like maybe, uh, maybe there's, Maybe there's this misunderstanding of what drawing near to, to God looks like or what that means. or um, So, you know, maybe there's room there to, like, learn and grow and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it could just it could just be even like a, like a functional, practical issue. It's just kind of interesting when I think about that. Yeah, and then how we take it for granted that we do have the ability to go right into the very presence of God when we are being tossed around, when things mm-hmm. are difficult, and how powerful and how beautiful that is. Uh, I think all the time— uh, it's so sometimes we wonder, well, maybe I've made a mistake, maybe I've sinned, maybe I've done this. And one of the things that's beautiful, another bomb, is that the author of Hebrews says we can draw near with confidence, not because of what we've done, because yeah. Jesus is the high priest and he's so much better. It was funny yesterday we were talking about why would you go back? There's things that are better. And so, and Mary had a couple things that she said, oh, why would I go back? Like, it'd be like having a 32 inch TV when I could have a 55 inch TV. Why would you go back? That's a horrible thing. And so, if you ever think about leaving or the faith or whatever, just Think how horrible it would be to have a small TV and don't do it. <laughs> Stay with Jesus. It's like I've having had a really a hard big. Life. Yeah, I've had a hard life. I want a big TV, so don't go back. It'd be like having it'd be like non HD small TV, <laughs> or you could stick with Jesus, have HD and have a big TV. So, oh my god! Yeah, that was a, well, and that was I think a good that analogy. that's something. It wasn't <laughs> something throughout this. Is you gotta you gotta get. I think it takes you to this place where it's like no analogy can do. Yeah. Like that is like how I feel. It's like. Nothing can truly like put words to how much greater he is than anything else. And and I think that's what makes it um makes it where, hey, I want to draw near to him. Like when we remember that and when we remember what he did, not what we do, but what he did for us, it it's it happens naturally. It's like, well, I, I gotta go to him. Like he he is so much better. And so I think the more that we can meditate on it and think about that and and remember that in our lives. And practice it because I think it also just takes time and I'm going to get off my soapbox, but like I could go on and on because like the more you practice it, like maybe right now you're listening and you're like, "Ah, I just, I get so overwhelmed in that moment or or, I just want to call my friend or I just want to do this. The more you practice it and the more you just say, okay, I'm overwhelmed right now. I'm going to pray or, oh, I'm facing the situation and, and it becomes your first resort over time. So be encouraged if you're listening to this and, and you're just now hearing maybe about how much better Jesus is than your circumstances and your situation and what you go through. Like, no matter what, like he is better and you can learn, that's a learned practice thing. And, and so you'll get there. And so I think that's just my encouragement to you guys. So um, I hope that you're like, you're about to turn this off. You're about to go into work or do whatever it is you're about to do. And you're like, I got this. Like, I'm not going to give up. Life might be tough, but Jesus is so, so, so much better. And so um, thank you guys so much for joining us today on The Breakdown. And we are continuing our Hebrew series, working our way through. I'm really excited about next week. No spoilers. Um, But we're working our way through Hebrew. So make sure to join us either online or in person at any of our campuses as we continue our summer series. And if you want to, in conclusion... Smash that subscribe button. Smash that subscribe button. But also, <laughs> maybe go read Hebrews chapter 7, verses 26 through 28, which kind of wraps yeah. us up really well. Yeah. And it's almost like you've just entered into a worship session reading yeah. those verses. So Hebrews 7, 26 so through 28. Wonderful. We'll see you next week. Later.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Breakdown. You know, it's our hope that you've learned something new about God's Word for the sake of knowing God and taking one step in your journey to the center of God's purpose for your life. If you're wanting to keep the discovering going, which we hope you are, you can check out past episodes at hopefellowship.net slash podcasts or by searching The Breakdown on Spotify or any other streaming platform. And don't forget, please leave us a review. We'll see you guys next time for another episode of The Breakdown. <laughs>